This week, we discuss our favorite pickles with Skankin' Pickle. Stay tuned. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix. And hey, we got a fantastic show for you today. We do. We do. As always. As we always. We never disappoint. Yes, we have never made a bad episode. Ever. Ever. No. Ever. 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 All but not the, since I've been on the show. All 90 of these podcasts have been uh, amazing. Me throwing subtle shade at Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe no. They were even the ones before you got here. They were all. No, I listened to those. Those are fine. They, those were all podcast gold. Um, <laughs> before we get into our chit chatty, uh, we do have a guest. Um, yes, we previously recorded the uh, interview with them. But uh, RJ, why don't you tell us about the guest we'll be talking to a little later? Uh, our guest is Troso of the uh, Brazilian ska punk band Abracadabra, who just recently put out a new album on Bad Time Records. Yeah, so we're going to catch up with him and learn a whole bunch of stuff about the history of the band and, yeah. and playing shows in Brazil and all that fun stuff. So we'll get to that. But RJ, we have not really spoken. Well, we text, obviously, but yeah, we, text. we, we haven't we haven't made a podcast episode in two weeks. So I know, I know. I feel bad for that because I, I think uh, you were you were going to suffer through it. And I was kind of like, nah. <laughs> um. I, I could sense, yes. La- so last week, we were going to do like a hostful episode. Yeah. And I w- was sick with pink eye, which we'll get more into in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and RJ was sort of like, just not feeling it. Not. not I was, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I may, I may or may not talk about in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but just mentally, I was not really... And I think I, I, I think it would have been a bad episode, to be honest. So yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent. RJ clearly wasn't a hundred percent. So we were kind of like, you know what? Let's not push it. Let's just yeah. take the break and you know whatever. That's why we didn't have a show last week because usually we're pretty good about telling everyone yeah the episode yeah, before yeah. when we're taking a break. Um, but that's why we didn't have an episode. But RJ, I know you had some particular fun this past weekend yes yes so this this last weekend actually on friday night uh, was the uh 10th anniversary for me and my wife of our marriage Uh, and we went to a hotel in downtown los angeles and we stayed there and it's a nice little place Uh, we went and ate at all the restaurants in that place like basically we stayed in like one hotel for uh three days awesome i took of everything you can take partake Mm -hmm. of of this nice little boutique uh, hotel and uh, we ended up by going to a landmark diner for Sunday brunch on our way before we went back to the valley. Uh, we had some friends join us one night for drinks out by the poolside. Um, it was it was just a lot of fun. It was very relaxing. Just me and Allie. Uh, her mom came up and watched our kitty cats for us. And uh, no, it was it was a really good time. So I think it's something we both needed to get, get away from work for a bit. Yeah, just chill out and be with each other. You know, because. It's 10 years. We love each other. So we want to want to just be with each other for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, we we still love the kitties, but a little kitty break was all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. I love those sort of like, 
nothing important going on yeah and you're away from like oh it's a staycation really like you're yeah, not that yeah. you're not that far from home no i was only really 20 minutes from home which was good in case anything god forbid did happen with the sure. baby kitties uh but also like i'm so used to like the valley like mm-hmm. burbank north hollywood Stude city sherman oaks um but i'm not that knowledgeable about downtown los angeles so it really did feel like i was in a completely different city because it's not something i normally do uh so it it did feel like getting away even though i wasn't really going in too far yeah yeah and and, you know just a nice relaxing time with Mm -hmm. and that's where i i when megan and i go on any sort of trips or like i tend to be a little bit more touristy than she is she definitely wants the maxing and relaxing around a hotel and you know um doesn't want any sort of schedule responsibility so i we usually have to balance that out but there are definitely times where i'm just like yeah i'm on the same page as her where i'm just like let's do nothing yeah we we said that really allowed us to not do anything yeah it's because we weren't in another town hours away from home (laughs) and we're like oh we better explore the city because you never know when we're gonna come back here right exactly yeah yeah no it's like this is you know we're 20 minutes from home we can come back if we like anything yeah Yeah. he's fine some neighborhood store like oh we'll just come back next weekend yeah (laughs) yeah All right, so here, let's go on yeah, my... Let's talk about Matt and his adventures. <laughs> uh, so, like, I would say, like, two or three weeks ago, I, my, like, allergies started to really play with me. Like, I just felt a lot of head congestion. It just was feeling... Um, yeah. In a lot of ways. And, um, and then, like, craziness of, like, Halloween and kids' costumes and all that stuff... So the, but here's, here's the crux of a lot of what happened. So the Friday before Halloween, I wake up probably like at 10, uh, no, like 1230 at night and my eyes kind of like hurting. Like it feels like something's in my eye. Mm. So I go and I try to like, like I take a warm cloth to try to, you know, wipe stuff out or whatever. And it's still kind of bugging me. So I ended up, um, I don't know why, but I went up uh, opposed to, as opposed to going back to bed in my bed next to my wife. I went upstairs and laid on the couch and I fell asleep and I fell asleep for quite a while, probably another like two and a half hours. And then I woke up and... My eye was really hurting, and then I have a vague memory of me waking up, like, in a jolt and poking my eye. Like, stupidly, like, for whatever reason, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm, you know, when something hurts, you kind of put your hand where it hurts, right? Yeah, yeah. You, like, grab it, and I think I just poked my eye, which... So, pissed off my eye, Um, obviously, because, you know, if you poke your eye... Yeah. By the way, have you ever eaten a french fry and then bit your finger? No. Okay, so apparently, uh, yeah, me, <laughs> me, me neither. Um, anyway, side tr- I, I know they're delicious. Slow down, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I am one of those guys who constantly is biting the inside of his mouth. You know, oh, okay. And then once you start that, you're doing it every day for like two weeks until it heals. Yeah, and it's then, like, you know, yeah. three months later, I start all over again. I, I'm just a klutz. So I, just, so, I make sure. 
that I'm not going to bite my finger. <laughs> so, I do enough damage to myself. So there we are Friday night before Halloween. Uh, it's probably like two thirty three in the morning or something like that. You know, it might've, I don't know. I now time is not off in my brain in this story. Now, <laughs> either way, I wake Megan and we decide that I should go to the ER. Uh, it's close enough to where we also wake the kids and we take them with us. Um, you know, keep in mind, this is Friday, so they have to go to yeah. school. So we get to the ER probably at like 630 in the morning and um, I can't really see Megan's got to drive. Yeah. Um, my eye really hurts. Um, and it's super sensitive to light. And, um, so we get in there and I, I basically, I didn't leave the ER until like, I don't know, like three thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> Oh man, it was tough. They had they had a lot going on. Um, so uh, I basically spent most of the time just sitting there waiting for the doctor to look at it. They did a CT scan on me, and basically, long story short, uh, I have pink eye, and somehow I basically bruised my eye. That's why it was as swollen as it was. Oh wow! Somehow, either with the rubbing or. Well, I think it was the poking directly, waking up and jabbing my <laughs> yeah. hand in my own eye for some reason. Um, but even that still feels like a vague memory of a dream. Like, it yeah, just yeah. happened so quickly, like, my mind can't compute it. So, basically, so, I have pink eye, and they give me some medication, some drops. Um, so, that means I, I Halloween is out of the picture for me, because I can't go be around people. Because um, I think... Um, if memory serves, pretty much you're kind of in that contagious space for the first, like, three or four days. Um, and so, and I didn't want to risk it. And plus, like, who wants to walk around on home, you know. Um, <laughs> but so <laughs> ha Halloween is, you know, out the door. Uh, I just stayed home and Megan took the kids to, like, a local trunk or treat thing in the community and walked a neighborhood with them and um i mean so yeah it was pretty simple f for her and all that stuff but you know i kind of felt bad um that i wasn't there uh for halloween and um so then but then i have to survive the week well my eye didn't seem to be by monday my eye didn't seem to be healing as quickly as i thought so i kind of still couldn't drive wow <laughs> So, okay, so Monday actually ended up being holiday for the kids. But Tuesday comes, and I still can't really drive. Or I still, I'm just, like, hesitant. Like, ah, it still kind of hurts. And it's very, sen it's mostly sensitive to the sun at this point. So I had to enlist a friend to take me, um, you know, to pick up my kids. Megan took, can take them to school, but I have to pick them up. Yeah. And I have to get a friend to drive me around. And also at the same time, uh, towards um, midweek or something, I had to take my van that was had been having some mechanical problems to <laughs> the dealer to get it fixed. Wow, Matt. <laughs> so I was not having a great week. And, uh, you know, and I, I feel bad for the people at the pickup. So the first day back from school, I had to have a friend drive. By the next day, it was feeling better, and I could drive myself. But by this time, my car was in the mechanic, and I'm really confusing all the people at my kids' schools because 
all every single day last week, <laughs> I showed up in a different car. <laughs> so like Tuesday, I show up with my friend. Wednesday, I'm driving myself and I'm in my van. Thursday, yeah. um, I'm in a uh, gosh. No, I Thursday I was in my wife's car because I so I hadn't gotten the rental yet for putting, yeah. uh, you know, so I hadn't figured that out. So I was I dropped Megan off at work, took the van to the dealership, and I Ubered home, or they Ubered me home, and um, and I drove Megan's car that was here, and so then the next day that night on Thursday night I'd figured out how to get a rental um, that the dealership was paying for, mind you. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. um, and then Friday, I took that rental to drop and pick up the kids all day. So every day last week, I was in a completely different car, and they were all thrown off. Like, you're throwing us off. <laughs> like, yeah, stop what it. are you doing, sir? <laughs> and then, um, then you know, obviously, some good is happening in all that craziness. On Saturday, I went to the half past two show album release or no it was friday it was friday not yeah. saturday and uh yeah that was a crazy good time um lots of good bands and they played the entire new album uh wow. they didn't play it in order but they did play it um and mixed in with that uh they played some you know classic half past two some nice. songs so it was a good time i showed up covered I came home covered, covered in glitter, because not only did Half Past Two shoot off a whole bunch of glitter, but so did um, the Goodwin Club. <laughs> like, oh wow! They, I think they gave out. I think the Goodwin Club put out more glitter than Half Past Two. If I'm, <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, because they just like at the end, like every two seconds, like they were putting those like glitter pop things off, and yeah, yeah so. I'm I'm now today being, you know, Monday, November 8th, um, you know, and I'm starting to feel like life going back to normal. I still don't, by the way, still don't have my, my van. Hopefully I'll have my oh, van no. back by the time this episode goes up. But, uh, oh, yeah. And they sucks. Can't... I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm used to it. You know, it's just one of those things where it just it hits a moment and craziness happens and it's on all fronts but thankfully it hasn't been too much craziness with the kids themselves um so and and that sort of like school front and you know because there hasn't been like foster care issues and um that's usually a lot more stressful for me but um and so you remember a couple weeks ago or a few episodes ago where we talked about like you and I being terrible, sick people, like to our wives. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh like, <laughs> did you put Megan through the ringer? Well, I couldn't see. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I I just felt like there was so much I couldn't functional, especially with the <laughs> taking of the medication. Like, by the oh, way, yeah, I don't yeah. do good with things being um, like people touching my eye. And uh, so drops were difficult. I eventually kind of just could power through it. Because I was doing it like every day, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I eventually yeah. just got used to it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, she Megan had to help a lot with that, um, and I couldn't see, and so I didn't want to take the wrong medication. <laughs> so <laughs> um, just for the first few days, by like I think like day four or five, I was kind of doing most of that on my own. She oh, would okay. put the drops in, but any other sort of medication I was taking, but. So, yeah, it was really, like, you know, it was like, oh, here we're talking about a thing, and then it happened. 
So that was yeah. kind of that was kind of funny. Uh, but life is, you know, moving back into, um, you know, normal. And I know for a lot of people, the holidays is like not normal life. But because yeah. Megan's family lives on the East Coast, I pr- I'll see my f- my mom's side of my family on Thanksgiving. But after that, I don't really have, you know, um, it doesn't get too crazy for us. Um, around here too much, especially now that I'm not a preschool teacher anymore. Cause oh, preschool, I bet. Yeah, because preschool teacher, there's always like, we're going to do a show and the kids are oh, going to yeah, sing. Pageants. And, Christmas yeah. pageants. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was the only one every single year, like, trying to lead the charge into not doing them. <laughs> I, I never won, ever. Because um, <laughs> I'm like, they're like three or four years old. They're not going to remember and they don't really want to do it anyway. That's why they're crying. All right. Oh, man. Uh, crazy, crazy me. All right. So let's um, get into some ska news. Heck right yeah. Rude girls and rude boys, too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. I'm sorry, you might have heard, but damn it, you're about to miss me in ska news. And I was kidding about that whole French fry finger thing. Like I did, I I don't. I've never done that. I I just knew someone that did that one time. I mean, what kind of what kind of moron would like accidentally eat their finger? All right, ska news, uh, where we tell you about the latest releases around the ska community and anything else going on. All right. So first up, loser. Um, loser yeah. put out a new EP. Um, on October 29th, uh, the EP is called Super Wario Kart. Super Guario Kart. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. There is a G there. Guario part. You don't. It's a guar pun. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. It's a guar, the band. I got it. Um, sorry, <laughs> Some reason I can't hear you laughing. Did you mute yourself? Yeah, because I thought it was going to be really annoying with my laughing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so um, so this EP, like, uh, Loser or Chris Grau uh, released it, like, on Hit Clips, which I think is just a USB card, or, yeah, not a USB card, but a, a micro, an SD card. That's what it was. Like, it, that's basically what a Hit Clip is. <laughs> it's just an SD card. So he released it, um, and you can all, of course, find it on... Um, streaming platforms, but with the release came also a release of a new Loser song featuring uh, members of, well, former member uh, Scott Coppenstein and current lead singer of Real Big Fish. In fact, the only singer of Real Big Fish, and if Aaron Barrett stops being the singer of Real Big Fish, I think Real Big Fish should not exist. Uh, Oh, yeah. Just going to put that hot take out there. Uh, so basically featuring members of Real Big Fish, uh, they put out a song called No Hope. So let's uh, listen to No Hope by Loser featuring Real Big Fish. I'm a mess, all washed out, mostly regrets, face with doubt, all bruised up. I'm not down, lying feet, where truth is found. No hope. No dignity, no looking up, no one 
awesome song. And uh, oh yeah, I, I'm I still love everything that Loser has been putting out, and it's uh, nice to have all these uh, singles they've been putting out lately on this nice one little EP. Yeah, pretty awesome. All right. Next up is Matamoska. Uh, they put out on, uh, well, today, uh, Monday, November 8th, they put out a punk version of their song, East L.A. On They put it out on all streaming platforms. I think it also is on the Bad Time Records. Uh, like, the, the new compilation? Yeah, the compilation. I think it's on there as well. But they did put it out as a digital uh, song, and, and we're going to listen to a clip of it right now. All right. East L.A., by Metamoska, punk version. song right there yeah that's a good one all right um last up at least for me uh is um oh leopardo uh they recently uh put out a um an ep um and it is getting a physical release on cd through ska punk international Nice. And uh, so you can hit up uh, Scott Punk International uh, for that. And I'll put a, a link in the show notes. And uh, so let's take a listen to uh, their song, BH City Chaos. All right, here we go. Who thinks it's over? I say that the delusion. Yes, it's charged. Right. And it will start over. Good song. 
loving that. Uh, yeah, they're a real, real crew. fun act. I really enjoy them. They kind of came out of nowhere, snuck up on me, but I'm glad they're getting their due now. Awesome. Okay, so I have one more thing that uh, I literally just got reminded of. Uh, oh, from, yeah. From a text from my wife. Uh, and I don't have a clip of it, and so you all are going to have to go out there and uh, search it up. So here's just, the... just consider this like a, a suggestion from RJ, where you got to go find it yourself. Yes. So here's the thing. So on this past Saturday Night Live, uh, oh yes, <laughs> uh, they basically there was a appearance of ska, one of their digital shorts. Uh, they did sort of like this. Basically, what would have been an intro to like a, a television show of the '90s or something. And uh, it seemed like a a movie, like a movie trailer. Yeah, for a 90s yeah. Teen movie. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. So like, yeah. so it. Yeah, that's basically it. So think of it this trailer sketch that of a '90s teen movie about a kid who skateboards via a horse. Like, yes. The horse runs, but the kid skateboards on it. Like makes the horse do like ollies and kickflips and all this stuff and he sings sort of like the theme of the sh- movie as a ska song <laughs> and yeah yeah it's, and, it's and, a very obvious uh riff on uh superman by goldfinger yes and th- there's even at the end like he's like and they even made a video game out of me and it's a, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's basically a tony hawk parody or, so it was just very it's always very strange that like all of a sudden just something will pop up and and um i mean obviously the funniest part is the 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 video where they're showing the kid like skating on a horse yes yes so, more than the ska the ska is like yeah. a secondary sort of joke or humorous <laughs> thing it's not even so much making i mean i guess it is sort of poking fun a little bit at that but really it's the stupidity of the horse thing that's yeah. like uh, so yeah, that was pretty funny. So check that out online. RJ, is there anything else in the, in the ska world that people should be aware of? Uh, our friend Eichlers and We Are The Union put out a new single the other day called Two Of Us that I say go check out. It's pretty darn good. All right. Yeah. Uh, there is a, uh, um, blah, 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 uh, a band, a ska punk band out of, Michigan called Panic Bomb, and on the fifth, they just put out their first EP under a microscope, and it's really good. So I suggest you go check that out as well. Awesome. So um, we are going to right now play a song by Abracadabra. We're going to play their song. Yes. Do uh, sorry, do we need a sign? Is the song we're going to play, and after that, we will have our interview with Troso, uh, who plays saxophone and does some vocals in Abracadabra. So let's check out Abracadabra's Do We Need a Sign?
All right. We are here with Troso, uh, vocalist and sax player of... Um, oh my gosh, my mind is blanking. Abrascadabra. I know, my brain was just like... I don't know. Come on, come on Matt. It, it's the home. It's one of the only acceptable ska pun names that yeah. I think is great <laughs> and should be yeah. encouraged. It's just my brain. Like and, that and the scatolites. That's it. That yeah, no more cool. other ska pun names. Well, and that's and that's <laughs> the other good. The good thing about um, Abrascadabra, it because sometimes when people try to put the word ska into an other word or a known word, I never know where the how to break what they're trying to say. Yep. But abracadabra made the Ooh. most sense because it just replaced a syllable. So it just it <laughs> like it just worked. And I'm like, abracadabra, of course that's a band name. <laughs> and it works. And it's uh so sorry for my my brain fart right there. Uh no but problem. we are excited. Um right I at the top of the interview, Matt. How I know, you? I'm terrible. <laughs> what is it? Like all the pre-interview, I got I got his name right, I got the band name right. The moment I hit record. All downhill from there. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I know I have been listening to Abracadabra since about, uh, I want to say, like, late 2018. Thank you. I, I think I saw you all uh, at a show that you'd, I think it was 2018. That was uh, whatever the yeah. first yeah. year of uh, Back to the Beach was. Yeah. I oh, think, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think you, you all played, like, an after-party thing here. Yes, yeah, um, exactly. I don't remember exactly the name of the place, but yeah, it, we went straight after. Uh, yeah, like, Slide Bar. Slide Bar, yeah. Slide Bar, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Me, uh, me and Matt were both there. We didn't know each other yet, though. Yeah, that's true. Oh, nice. We, we <laughs> kind of discovered that we were both at that uh, one show. Is that uh, Fullerton, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Fullerton, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, RIP Slide Bar. They, oh really? Yeah, oh. I just hey, found out. Of, well, they basically sold it off, and I don't know what's going to happen to it. But uh, okay. someone told me that all you know, because it has all this memorabilia from like the '90s and stuff, and different yeah. rock bands, ska bands, punk bands, whatever. And it, apparently, it's all just sitting there. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm oh, like, wow. hmm. <laughs> wonder was it was it before the pandemic or they it was i it was right in the middle of the pandemic and um i guess i don't know i actually i don't want to say too much because i'm not entirely sure it was pandemic related i i think i think maybe but i also think in a little ways they were kind of maybe wanting to move on anyway the owners so you know you kind of always hope in those situations that new owners would just kind of you know, continue the history and stuff like that, but I, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And it's a bummer because it was a staple here for yeah. quite some time. So I'm not sure when I first discovered Abrascadabra, but I know it was uh, on Bandcamp and through uh, Grandma Nancy's old school garden. I found that one day. I was like, oh, this stuff's good. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm down. And so I just <laughs> bought the album. And then, you know, then I get the, rem- the email every time you guys put out something new. So I've just been keeping up since then. And I've been a fan. So, yeah, oh, I'm not, I don't exactly know when, but heck, yeah, Thanks. it's good stuff. Thanks. It really means a lot. Yeah, it's, it's just great when, when, we, when we meet people that have been, you know, following the band and that discover the band somehow, you know, like have been to a gig or, coincidentally was there to, to watch another band and we were there as well so yeah, yeah it's just great it, it it means that putting all the effort to to go and tour and put our faces out there it's it, it works and it pays off so yeah. it's great 
So before we get too deep into uh, Abracadabra history, we kind of want to know where did um, ska music and your love for ska music start for you? Maybe where did you first hear it? Some early ska albums or ska shows that you went to? What's your ska yeah. origin story? Uh, the first uh, music-related experience that I remember with, with ska and ska punk was... Uh, I had a, a cousin, unfortunately, he, he passed away, but mm. he was a big fan of punk rock music and ska music in general, mostly punk rock, to be honest. But I remember so vividly, I was probably about like nine. Yeah, it was around 96, 97. And um, I was just getting to the beach with my family. My mom was driving and my, my cousin was choosing the CDs that we were listening to in the in the trip. And when we were getting to the beach, uh, I remember Sublime playing uh, for Yours to Freedom. I'm like, hey, this is, yeah, this is cool. This yeah. is really good. But I obviously, it didn't click on me that this was the, the kind of music that I would be listening and making for a long time. But uh, something got to me because I remember that, that moment. Uh, I remember playing, same in the end was playing when we were getting to the beach. I'm like, oh, shit, this is, this is really cool. Yeah, this, I dig that. Uh, and then obviously I was kind of too young to, you know, to, to have a, an actual musical taste. So, but that probably was in the back of my mind for a long time. And when I was about 12 or 13, he started showing me like more stuff and more stuff. Um, and basically all of that was from a record label in Brazil or in Curitiba, which is our hometown, uh, called Barulho Records, which, which is like noise is it's, it's translating to, to English is noise. So Noise Records would just import all the CDs and all everything that basically the punk rock community was listening to at our town uh, at that time. So we would basically listen to anything that they imported. They they were basically like choosing what what we what the punk rockers would listen to. Uh, so I remember buying a lot of No Effects stuff, uh, Pennywise, Millen Corning. I was a, I was a huge fan of Millen Corning. Oh, uh, they brought some some smaller bands as well, like Pearly, a few European bands like uh, Bambix and a ska band called The Sailors, which was really good back then as well. Uh, and then I remember they just started bringing like Hello Rockville by Les and Jake. They started bringing mm -hmm. Real Big Fish, uh, Goldfinger, the, the first, the self-titled album. Uh, I still listen to it nowadays and <laughs> still love it like it's been so long. Uh, and another like... I wouldn't say smaller bands, but maybe less recognized bands, at least in Brazil, like Voodoo Glow Schools or Five Iron Frenzy. Mm. I started listening to them, especially when, when Napster came into into the game as well. And, you know, like some of those albums would just appear for you as, as you know, some people were just saying, oh, listen to this, listen to that. Yeah. I downloaded this from Napster, I downloaded that from <laughs> Napster. You might like this, you might like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, but one of the one of the best bands that I... That I met during that time was Five Iron Frenzy, and I just just fell in love with with the horn melodies and uh, well, the vocal melodies are just beautiful, and you know they they got that that Christian feel that it's like oh, it touches your heart, and I'm like oh shit, and I didn't really really know what they were talking about. It's mostly I was mostly struck by by the melodies and you know the the, the upbeat and, and everything, but um, and then me and the the guitar player Eduardo, we went to a Voodoo Schools gig in our hometown we were about 14 and that 
that was it. Like we just turned to Richard and said, yeah, we're going to make this. Yeah. <laughs> and say, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Cause he used to play guitar and he used to play drums. We're like, yeah, let's, let's start playing some ska. Why not? Awesome. Uh, Cause I remember vividly like the, you know, especially the trombone player playing that trombone. Like he was trying to hit someone very aggressively. <laughs> and like, like, yeah, I want to do that as well. Like that's so cool. And you know, we were very angry teenagers and like, yeah, it's, this was, this was what we're going to do. So, um, um, I know in the band you play saxophone and you sing some yeah. vocals, um, but where did was sax the first instrument you played, or, or when did you start playing music instruments? Yeah, sax was oof. well, prof- like professionally or seriously, it was the last instrument I started to play actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started singing when I was about like eight or nine, like you know, school choir that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I really wanted to play football at that time, so I, I didn't give a damn about music. <laughs> no, no, I want to play football, mom. And you sure you don't want to go to choir? Um, nah, I want to play football. And then uh, when I was 12 or 13, uh, my brother used to play the guitar, and he used to like punk rock stuff as well, and, and grunge as well. Like We used to play some Nirvana songs, that kind of stuff uh, awesome. at our garage. And he used to play guitar, so I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to buy a drum kit and then we can play together. You know, we can have like a, a two-piece band or whatever. So, so yeah, just just asked my dad for a drum kit and we bought like a very, you know, very old kind of shitty, <laughs> shitty little drum kit. But, well, it, it taught me how to play, so, uh, so why not? And then from there, my brother traveled. Uh, he went to live in Australia for a year and I just missed all that, you know, melody and being able to play something and sing because obviously if you're playing the drums and singing by yourself it doesn't make a lot of sense so i'm like <laughs> i saw his guitar at his bedroom like i'm gonna steal that and then i started playing the guitar you know just <laughs> started learning some blink 182 songs some goldfinger songs and started playing myself uh, and then i was playing with eduardo me on the drums and him on the guitar and at some point I'm like yeah so to if we want to put a band together uh we know this guy um the other Eduardo Maka, which is a drummer, I'm like, ah, he plays drums really well. So why don't I jump into the second guitar and we call him to be the drummer? And we knew a guy that was also a guitarist, but we knew that if we call him to be the bass player, he would accept that straight away because he was a really, really good friend with us. Uh, and he was about the first bass player from Ramos Cadabra. So, uh, so yeah, then we started off as a, as a four piece. And as we were talking before, the recording just went through so many horn section, uh, you know, formations, and it was crazy. So, at some point, I said, "Ah, oh, most of the most of the horn players that we have either, you know, they either leave the band because of because they're too young or because their parents don't really agree with us playing this punk rock gigs. We're fifteen, like you know, we're playing this this very underground venues, like very dark, people drinking." teenage drunks all the all, you know teenager drunks everywhere uh so I, at some point i just said you know what i'm gonna learn the trombone and then i just started learning the trombone so at grandma nancy's i'm playing the trombone and singing um and then at some point the trombone became too kind of too hard for me like i really couldn't my head was thinking ahead of what actually my body could physically do so i'm like i'm gonna try a different mm. uh, a different horn instrument and the sax just just sounded and felt much more intuitive for me because you know where where the notes are and and how you play one note after the other and yeah. it's just it was just more visual and easier for me and I didn't know we didn't know a lot of, of people who played 
the sax as well. So that's how I got into, into the saxophone. And that was about maybe six, seven years ago. Yeah, so not, not that long ago. Interesting. Um, so Ooh. how did the name Abra Skadabra come to be? Like when... um, scapons, scapons, <laughs> uh, uh, especially when you're from from other countries. Well, it's, it's just really funny for us to to you know see all these scapons. And uh, I think I was I was chatting to to a friend of ours, a good friend of ours from from a long date, and I mentioned the band Bean Scalabin. Do you mm-hmm. guys know that band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm listening to Bean Scalabin, and it's like. Are you guys not putting together like a ska band? Why don't you call it Abra Skadabra? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like the perfect name. Why not? Yeah. And yeah, so that that came straight away from Bean Skalabin. Uh, it's not a ripoff. It's just like yeah, it's a reimagining. Inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah inspiration yeah. of the name. So yeah, it was literally just thinking about ska bands and, and talking to friends about that. Were there any uh, names you were trying or thinking of before you eventually settled on uh, Abrascadabra? Not really. That that happened so early into mm. the band. Like we didn't even have probably we either we were a four piece or it was just me and and Eduardo just playing uh, some ska songs and he suggested it and we went for it straight away. It never changed really. I don't I don't remember thinking about other names for the band to be honest what was the so you guys started in brazil right yeah um what was the the venue that you were most excited to play in brazil that sort of made you feel like wow we're kind of we're we're going established band yeah 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 there's a there's a venue in sao paulo called hangar 110 the hangar 110 yeah so they, they just call it the hangar and that's where most of the the, the very well known uh, punk rock Brazilian bands and a lot of international uh, punk rock bands and not not only punk rock but more like heavy music. I know there's a few metal stuff that go in there. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, like underground. Yeah. Underground mainstream or underground big <laughs> bands play there, and all all of the bands that we really admired from from the Brazilian scene that was there that like their home venue. So I think we played that the first time around 2013. I think we we supported Voodoo Schools in there. So it was a it was a very big thing for us. Like not only playing that venue, but also supporting Voodoo yeah. Schools in yeah. the same in the same gig. That was like, yeah, things are things are getting serious here, boys. That's really cool that you got to actually open for. Low schools yeah. after they helped inspire the band. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. cool. yeah. It was great. It was great meeting them and you know spending some time with them and all the other bands that we support as well. Like, you know, yeah, it's 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 really hard to to believe that when you're from we're not a small town. Like um, when we were growing up, it was about two million people in there. It's just okay. it's just got that small town mentality, but yeah. it's not like small. Uh, but anyway, like you know, like music wise or compared to the scene that you got in the states or anywhere like it's it's pretty small um but in our favor uh being a ska punk band from a small place that got us to to support a lot of the bands that we love so because obviously when the bands were were playing in our town like everyone like oh yeah abscadabra is gonna support them yeah it's a ska band called the abscadabra boys let's go yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that was it and i must mention uh a very very important venue from our town Curitiba called 92 degrees uh that was the venue that when we were growing up they were putting together 
like killer shows like all the like this kind of mid-sized bands from from all over the world they went to play there and actually uh, the first time we played with les and jake was in there but oh, it wow. is a small venue uh and they had a like les and jake had a problem with the promoter or with the venue uh, that they were going to play and one probably two weeks before the gig they said oh this this one went down like uh do you want to play this other place it's like for 120 cap or 150 cap uh, and Leslie Jake said, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Okay, we're going to be in Brazil. So yeah. uh, let's do it. And I remember them, like, they had to actually stop the show in the middle because they were getting shocked by the microphones too much. Oh. It was a shitty venue. Like, it was one of those very yeah venues. But, but the guy who, who ran it, he still runs it, actually. It still goes on, but not with the same impacts that it had before. Um, but that was a great venue. And it, it, it made a lot of um, bands from Curitiba kind of famous around the scene in, in Brazil. So it's a very important band uh, venue. So. Cool. In September, oh. you all released a new album called Make Yourself at Home on Bad Time Records. How did you all end up working with Bad Time Records? So um, my, we got in touch with Mike after we met um, a very important ska figure named Brent Friedman, who, who you probably know. Uh, he now plays drums and we are the union. Yeah. Uh, we met yeah. him while we were touring in 2014, which was our first US tour. He used to play drums for for Service S, which is now a band called Keep Flying. Yes. Uh, yeah, he yeah, is yeah. the drummer for that band. Um, and we toured with them on the East Coast. Um, about, we did about like 10 or 12 gigs with them. Um, and they had two vans, obviously, because well, we're all ska bands, we're all seven piece or eight piece or <laughs> 12 piece or whatever so he needed two vans to 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 shuffle people around and he was driving the van that was taking us from from everywhere to everywhere most of the time so we got really close with him and i think that when he quit services he went to do some tour management for goldfinger and mxpx and he ended up being um uh, the drummer for we are the union now so we basically followed his steps on on growing into the Sky community, <laughs> and uh, we're very fortunate to to meet him because he's very important in, in that scene. And uh, when we told him, so when we released the, the our previous album, Welcome, he booked our tour in in the US for 2018 because he listened to the album and said, "Yeah, you guys need to come here and promote the album. Like this is really good." Blah blah. So he he booked like a 27 show tour or something like that it was, was crazy it was it was amazing cool. and obviously with the right bands with the right people so it was a really good tour the one that you you saw us in full yeah that was right. part of it and that was one of the one of the best gigs probably uh mata mosca was there they're mm, yep. great yeah and uh yeah so and from there when we said that we had some new material and we were thinking about recording a new album and we were talking to a couple of labels from the US, um, probably nobody that you know of. I don't even remember the name of them. <laughs> uh, and then I said, nah, 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 dudes, you're getting this wrong. If you're going to release a, a Ska album, you, you got to talk to Mike. And he said, Mike knows about you. Like, I, I talked to him about you already. So it's not going to be like out of the blue, like a band contacting him to, to get into his label. Like, yeah. he knows that you exist. So, and he knows me, and I'm going to, you know, kind of introduce you, you, yourselves like uh, virtually and then you can talk to him and from there it was was pretty easy like we had uh we had all of our demos uh, figured out already a lot of stuff recorded 
and we sent him the demos and he said straight away yeah let's let's do this guys so, um and from there it was just like yeah it's a great relationship he's he's an amazing guy very easy to work with um very open to suggestions and and he knows what he's doing like so we all know what, what he's doing as well like he's putting a lot of right. a lot of stab ends in you know in the map like yeah everything that he releases gets a, a very good level of recognition so yeah. yeah he's a very important person for 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 this new new old ska scene because uh, <laughs> we've, we've all been around for, for a long time but it's just kind of coming back so. yeah. yeah yeah i remember mike leading up like oh you guys won't imagine even the next album i'm putting out and i was like ah, i can't wait what is it going to be it was announced yeah. to have a good i was like no <laughs> no effing way oh i'm so happy that is awesome because a it's gonna be on bad time which is great because i pick up every bad time release too i find out there's new music from y'all and right. that makes me very happy yeah that that was one of the worst parts was just basically hiding from people you know? <laughs> <laughs> we had to hide it for a long time like we started talking to him probably around october last year and obviously we couldn't announce it until august this year so yeah. like yeah, it's getting long, man. We want to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, tough. But yeah, well, the promotion strategy, like, yeah. that, it's, it's got to be this this big thing. Yes, this is the album. <laughs> uh, and it really works. It works. So it yeah. did. Yeah. How did, uh, if, if, but uh, how did COVID affect the release of a new album? Did it have any impact on the release schedule of the new album? On the schedule, uh, a little bit mainly because everything especially the the shippings and sure and the vinyl production was was very delayed uh on many many parts of the world like you know it wasn't easy to to contact people and there was probably a big queue of you know stuff that um the pressing uh the pressing company that we did and needed yeah. to do um and yeah so i think the first day that we had was around like late may or early june so that was not that was not too bad like two months it, it's fine especially during covid like you can't you can't really tour to to promote the album we can't do a lot but you know just just trying to go online social media and do the best you can so people can can hear it yeah um but now apparently all the world is back to 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 some some live gigs and things are happening again so we're gonna have the chance to promote it um but before before the release like i think that covid had a, a positive impact on the album because obviously it gave us big chunk of extra time that we probably wouldn't have if it wasn't for covid so all the pre-production uh we did during covid so basically from march to to november last year we did a lot we had a lot of time to just focus on on the very minimal details especially on, on lyrics knowing that we would uh, release it through through bad time that we we would have more people from from the US listening and from all over the world listening so yeah. we needed to get the english right we needed to get like something together that both our brazilian audience and the new audience would you know mm. would be happy with was uh, not be complicated enough so that the brazilian wouldn't really understand what we were talking about and not simple enough that you know everyone from outside brazil would say yeah yeah these guys are definitely not uh, native speakers we don't want to try to be native speakers as well but it's just like there's something about lyrics that resonates with with a lot of the audience so we yeah. didn't want to be left out on that um so yeah mainly on the lyrical side of things um 
we did have loads of time for that. So we would just, I would just get together with, with the other two songwriters, Du and Buga, and we would just be, you know, just thinking about pronouns and articles and, and you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, slangs and, and terms for, for the songs for hours and hours and days and multiple sessions for that. So, so yeah, he was, he was great on that. On that sense, it was great. I know yeah. it was shit on on the rest, but <laughs> that was that was a good point about it. Yeah, oh, you. yeah it's kind of interesting. I never really, you know, put much thought into the idea of how much maybe a band who, you know, uh, English is not their first language, um, but they're you know they want to put out an English album. How much work they they have to jump through to make sure they're getting the, the translations correct. And yeah. is that how, do you guys maybe start writing it in your native language and then it, you kind of trans translate the lyrics or how, how does that process go? No, straight away into English. Okay. Uh, I think that we all kind of grew up listening to roughly the same kind of stuff. So I think it's just, it naturally flows as, as an English thing um but obviously when when you when you think about like how far uh, the song is going to go then mm. then you think mm. more about the lyrics because sure yeah once again you, you don't want to sound you know too naive or too like dumb in the lyrics so you want to make something that is serious enough um so yeah it, it's good to, to study our english as well because obviously if you get lyrics from uh, from grandma nancy's which is our first album most of that i listen to that nowadays I'm like what what were we thinking like this doesn't make any sense like even i even i that i wrote the song and i i, I look back at it and I'm like what what was i thinking when i wrote that that's that's not right yeah. and i think that we got everything right this time because we, yeah, we really put some effort into it yeah and I, for the welcome album we were really fixated at uh at the aggressiveness and more like yeah. melodies how we would like fit um let's say memorable and kind of more pre uh, beautiful melodies into an aggressive kind of sound that's mm -hmm. mostly what we did for for the last album uh, or for the previous album and now on this last one uh, i think that the biggest effort was put on the lyrics yeah and i and i definitely listening to it uh enjoy a lot of the lyrics and i i'm definitely one of those people that connects with the lyrics nice you one. know um and that's you know and that's just the way i've kind of always connected to music in any genre to be completely honest with you i connect with lyrics um and uh and i was i've been listening to i listened to it when it came out a lot and i listened to it recently you know uh, as we were coming up on this uh interview and stuff and it's such a good record like it really oh, I yeah. Just, yeah oh yeah it's thank you so much strong a melodies lot. a lot of you know ska punk and it's just great fun times um so you all have played uh in the U.S., outside of the U.S., <clears throat> is there anything uh, that you've noticed with um, ska fans or music fans in general that sort of uh, that differs in other countries besides America? Or that does America differ from the rest of the world in sort of how it um, looks at music? I think it, it does. Um... Well, we can only talk about about the the ska punk scene, really. Um, sure. But one of the things that really struck us uh, every time that we've been to to the US is how supportive they are with touring bands, mm. uh, especially on buying merch. They're like crazy. 
merch buyers and and even when they're not buying merch they just give you tips because they say oh you came from from bloody brazil all the way to here just to play you guys are great here's money they're like yeah that makes a lot of difference because obviously we need to keep touring and paying for stuff and paying for you know for whatever we need to pay yeah. to, to be on the road and that support from from the u.s from the u.s audience is, is really massive um and also they're not the u.s audience is not too shy which helps a lot with the, <laughs> with the live environment like there's always people dancing even if it's like you know we obviously played gigs for like 15 20 people but those people that are there are having a good time and they don't care about anything else that's that's going around them if you play a gig in brazil like not not generalizing but usually when there's like not a large number of people. Everyone is kind of shy, kind of in their own square, like dancing alone, not not mm. going crazy and not doing whatever it's on their minds probably. Right. Uh, so the US audience is great for that. Uh, then we play the UK. Uh, we played a few festivals in here. The, the festival scene in here is, is just amazing. Uh, it's kind of the same, like everyone's just having a good time anyway. So there is a lot of people and everyone's having a good time. So. It's just yeah, it's one of the, main, the most amazing things that we we did in our career was was playing the UK festivals, and I'm pretty sure that the US festivals are the same as well because we've been to some but we never played them. Uh, hopefully next year, let's see. Yeah, things are things are starting to pick up. Oh, uh, I hope so. And yeah, smaller shows here in the UK were, were really good as well. Um, people are a bit more uh, like on the intimate kind of side of things like they they are enjoying the music but more in their own in their own way as well mm. and i think the the most interesting people that we have we've ever played to was on the japan tour like japanese crowd are just bonkers <laughs> they're just crazy like it's it's really hard to explain this but uh they just they don't know how to sing your songs but they are singing the whole song and they go on stage and they sing you know they scream by your side and they get the microphone from you and they're just having a good time and putting their fists in the air, especially the long notes. Like if you ever go to Japan, like sing, sing the longer, the longer notes tunes that you have, because people just put their fists up and like, ah, and scream with you. And, you know, they just have a great time and yeah. also buy a lot of merch and they like, um, but yeah, it's the, the, the just a, some a crazy bunch of people that it was really fun to play in there. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, we, there's a few, uh, bands, you know, that I've seen over in um, Japan and, and places like that, like Mason's Party and, um, oh my gosh, my mind is blinking. But anytime I watch, like, their videos of, like, live bands and stuff like that, of playing in Japan and in that area, man, they love they love music. They clearly, yep. like, they're just <laughs> there to scream the song at you. And yeah, it's just um, it's just a ball of energy, you know. I remember exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their energy is just, just amazing. Yeah. I remember yeah, they, watching they stuff like they could be like four or five bands in the bill. They're there in front of the yeah. stage for all of them, just yeah. screaming and just having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching. This is probably 10, 15 years ago. The first, like, I watched a like an MXPX video of them touring Japan, and man, those they're singing the songs. And, you know, and MXPX, the guys, they even commented, like, yeah, they don't really speak English, but they know our songs. Like, they exactly, they can yeah. sing them. And yeah. uh, even though they may not have a firm grasp of what they're singing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely, I, I love seeing fans. And I'm glad, I'm glad, 
I'm really glad that you had a positive experience with American fans and stuff like that. Because sometimes I worry that... Because I've seen American fans sort of do that thing where they're kind of only there for the one band they know or like or yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So I'm glad that you have... And I love the fact of hearing that they were they treated you well, whether they bought merch or just tipped you or whatever. I love nice. hearing that. Because that's the thing. Because, like, not to put too fine a point on it, but most of us kind of get a lot of music for free. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> nowadays shame on you matt you and your spotify uh i i still buy stuff but i can't buy everything i want i'm yeah. not made yeah. of money um so you know it's good to hear that you know when bands are coming through town that even though they're they maybe have already heard the album um that they're buying merch or just tipping you whatever they can I, i'm i'm glad to hear that that's something that was impressed upon you i'm, I'm glad that's a good I mean, thing because yeah, we stress we stress that a lot here is like look we know probably either you've got spotify or apple music or whatever you're or you're still illegally downloading songs off the internet um but still find a way to give bands to the money you know yeah, yeah. money to the bands that you really 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 like um so yeah so i'm glad that that was yeah, your takeaway yeah, so, the most important bit is like actually leaving your home to go and check out like the, the ska punk or punk rock gig. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we played like, I would say we played around maybe like 50 shows in the US uh, combined of the both both of the tours and probably only in a couple of them or three of them, there was like not enough people to like, you know, like make that into something memorable. Mm. Um even though it was memorable because there was so so few of them. They're like, oh, that gig, there was nobody in there. Yeah, that was still fun. Yeah, I, I went to a, a show once where I think me and my brother were the only people that paid to yeah. get to the show, but it was like four ska bands, and so there was still a big enough crowd for all the bands. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Never alone in a ska gig. Yeah. yeah. The other bands make, make the party. Yeah, so. that's funny. Um, all right. Um what is something you would like to see more of in the ska scene? That that is a, a very tough question. Because um, obviously, like we come from a place in which we actually made it out of our hometown, and you know everything that, or not every. Well, you can say everything. Like success is a very, it's very. It's a very relative world, like you know, you mm -hmm. need to kind of compare it to something else. But sure. um, we've been fortunate enough to be successful in in this scene, and you know, get out of the small town in Brazil, and now you know, have a record being released for what is now probably the, the biggest ska punk uh, label that is out there. So it it looks like like answering that question would be complaining about something, which we don't really have to complain. Nothing about to complain. Right uh what we i think we could use in our advantage now is is the power of, of the internet uh, so obviously we took our first gig was in 2003 so yeah so it's like 18 years yeah. to make all of this happen so i think that nowadays we do have the resources to to find bands from from all over the world uh even you know in an easier way and make them you know kind of incorporate them into 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 the scene somehow yeah uh so yeah it's, it's just easier to to find out about about bands that are making the same thing as you as you're doing nowadays so 
I think that what would have would what would help that a lot and what was the the toughest thing for Abus Kadabra in this release is um is getting the the attention of like a, a, a the press in a in a more um in, in a more broader way like you know having more support from the press uh to to like actually to get uh, our music further than we can go uh, with our own resources of social media and you know sure. like podcasts and that kind of stuff so yeah. there is some stuff that could broaden the spectrum of, of people that are going to listen to to scott but maybe there's something that you know like press could do but i don't really know the answer for that but it's just like it's probably just the reach could be a bit a bit bigger uh, if we had if the scar scene had had more support from from that but it's not yeah it's not something you know it's not something again that i'm complaining about it's just sure like, sure maybe things would be better for for sky music if we had that that kind of support sure no i i, I see that i i get it you know and it's not you know i i think i don't think you're saying it in a sort of like you know give us more attention sort of thing but i think you know it would be great if you know uh the general public view of ska could move past what it yes. saw of yeah. ska in the 90s like if it could if that's the yeah. thing we could move if that's the rock we could move out of the way like okay ska in the 90s yeah okay flowered shirts khaki pants you know <laughs> uh, frat boy party we got it it's but, the frat boy yeah. man yeah well, we <laughs> if we that. could if we could just move that and you could just kind of maybe accept that this is valuable meaningful music that yep. isn't a joke like yeah i so i yeah i think exactly I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of bands out there trying to you know make a more serious make more serious statements with with sure. music right. um, not trying to they are making that right. but yeah right. maybe it's not just getting as far as i think that ska music deserves because yeah there's, there's so many great musicians and great yeah. songs out there in the ska genre and a lot of as you say like a lot of people say oh it's ska yeah, no i don't like ska i'm not gonna listen to this yeah, you know, like straight out out of you know, like literally prejudice against against the genre that. Uh, yeah, they're uh, prejudice against. Thing. Yeah, it's prejudice against the thing they haven't listened to in twenty years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is, I would say, even though there are similar bands to like what was going on in the nineties, but I think the vast majority of them, I think the vast majority of ska punk now, is way more punk than it was yeah. in the 90s. I think it's harder. Some of it even borderlines on ska metal, really. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely you know, <laughs> uh, Like, best of the worst. Like, they're, yeah, pretty, much, the worst. they're yeah. like pretty much a metal band that occasionally has some ska break. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, the, the, that cross-section of that really poppy punk ska, that's that's gone away a little bit. You got, you got harder edge, like, punk ska. And then on the other side, you got more traditional ish sure. like ska bands coming up that sure. are mixing in like soul and all that stuff too yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know when someone says they don't like ska it's really oh what kind yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> have you i could i can understand some maybe i mean i don't have that but i know other people do yeah. it's like oh you don't like real big fish check out the slackers you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it's like i don't like ska well have you listened to any new bands that's come out in the last five years like Here's mm-hmm. here's We Are the Union. Here's Best of the Worst. Here's Gray Matter. Here's Omnigon. You know, uh, Abra's Cadabra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, you can just go to the bedtime records, you know, yeah, and exactly. You, just gonna meet, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like 15 bands in there, and they're all they're all similar in in some way, but they're all very different as well. So yeah. And, and if you actually do really love, you know, ska punk from the nineties with more of a bright, colorful sound, there's plenty of those bands happening too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Um, so what does the future hold for Abracadabra? Uh, might there be some touring coming up or live shows? Yes. Uh, we are waiting for, for the green light from other countries so Brazilians can, can, can get out finally, mm-hmm. uh, which is happening right now. They just um, really, they, well, some of the travel restrictions have, have gone out for Europe. So this year we're going to play a very big festival that we're very excited about, which is called Punk Rock Holiday in Slovenia. Uh, that was supposed to be in 2019, but obviously it didn't happen. Uh, sorry, 2020, then it didn't happen. Then 2021 didn't happen. And now 2022, it is going to happen. So Abriscadabra is coming to, to Europe and the UK. Uh, we're playing all the festivals like Boomtown and Rebellion, which are pretty big as well. I'm very excited for that. And now that we're with Bad Time, uh, there's definitely going to be a U.S. tour next year. We just don't know when sure. yet. Awesome. Because uh, we do have um, this the U.K. Europe tour right. booked already. So we, we need to, to see uh, until how far our resources are going to go to to yeah. get, you know, be away from, from Brazil for maybe over like three months next next year, two months or whatever, whatever happens. But yeah, it's definitely going to happen. So we are very excited to go back to, to live music uh, and after that, I think it's, it's it's the best way to promote the album yeah. uh, and take it as far as it can go, really. And after that, it's just, you know, getting into that routine of, you know, releasing new music, go out, promote it. Uh, that's that's probably what, what we're going to do. That's what we've been doing for a long time. And, well, we just we, we really enjoy it. And that's why we, we still do it after after 18 years. So we, we don't see a reason why we would stop doing that. And and hopefully we're going to have some some more really good songs and and new albums for for everyone really soon as well. Awesome. Let's see how next year is going to go but yeah. uh, it holds a lot of a lot of live music cuz we're going to uh, we're going to do the, the release tour in Brazil that's uh, not booked yet but probably around March and April and then hit the US or after or before the uh, the Europe and UK tour so there's going to be a lot of live music next year. Awesome. That's nice. that's what we want to hear. Hopefully, at least one of those dates end up somewhere in Southern California. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't think we can ever go to the U.S. without going to California. Awesome. <laughs> one of the favorite places. Awesome. Uh, all right. So before we head out, we do uh, our ska picks of the week. Uh, Troso, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? So my ska pick will be a band here from London called Popes of Chilitown. Uh, which is a band that I've been in London for about six years now, and I've joined that band uh, two years ago. And I think that they are great, and more people should know about them. And they have a banging tune, as they say here in London, <laughs> uh, called Vamos a la Luna, which is usually the, the tune that we we finish the, the gig with. And it's full of energy. It's, it's just amazing, especially in the live environment. You just... Uh, gets your feet going and it's really hard to to stand still when you're listening to that so i hope people enjoy it and and listen to a bit more of pops with town because they deserve it it's really good awesome let's take a, a listen <laughs> 
And the choice is yours and you choose to complain Now it's all on our way What all I see is sacrifice when I look inside your brain It's sad to say Why I put up with your shit when I got problems up and sick It's out of got yours good and i'm definitely gonna have to check out the rest of the song and the rest of this album that's really uh, good yeah yeah matt you, you are yeah. pope's the chili town is oh, so good yeah. dude that's tough that's uh it's a tough sounding and i don't yeah i like, think i think you're really gonna like it yeah that's yeah. uh awesome all right so my ska pick is from a band um look i'm sorry they're right here in orange county california they're called the readjusters and um this song is from their latest album, uh, Capital Vices. Uh, we're going to start about 30 seconds in because it does uh, have a little bit of an intro. Uh, but this song is called Grave is the End, and it's by the Readjusters. I honestly, um, nice. I I really love uh, Jack, the lead singer of this band. He is very very talented. He also plays in another band, Half Past Two, and he, he just has is phenomenal uh, guitar player, trombone player. Uh, I I don't even know all the instruments he plays, but he's a very good writer. And especially with the readjusters, I don't think there's a better band that mixes like sort of that uh, jazzy ska with ska punk. Like, I, I can't really think of a, a better example and that it's just such a good album. Awesome. I really uh, enjoyed it. Really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a go. So. Yeah, the readjuster is so much fun. So much fun. All right, RJ, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Well, if I knew we were all bringing ska punk songs to the table, I would have <laughs> looked up one of those. But instead, uh, Tommy Tornado... Uh, saxophone player out of the netherlands put out a new ep with the band the clerks out of uh, cologne germany uh it's called sunny side up and i picked the uh, title track from that ep sunny side up all right let's check it out all right <laughs> 
yes, it is so drastically different than our pair. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like super, super happy and upbeat and just <laughs> joyful. And ours were like, I'm sad and I'm angry. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that was good. It was good. Yeah. 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 I was, I I had no idea that new uh, Tommy Tornado and uh, Clerk CP was coming. And I just saw it on Bandcamp the other day and I was like, oh, I hope it's good. And it it blew me away. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Troso, we definitely uh, appreciate you coming and hanging out with us uh, for this. And we know it's super early. We started this at 1 30 in the morning for you. I'm I'm sure it's pushing (laughs) now 2 30 in the morning. So, uh, we appreciate it, and uh, where uh, where can people find more about you and Abra Skadabra online? All right, all all the streaming platforms really. Um, we've obviously been concentrating a bit more on Spotify because that's basically where main well the bulk of things are nowadays. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're everywhere. Like um, just as RJ said, he he met us on Bandcamp. There's a lot of people following us on Bandcamp. That's a very good uh, platform for the bands because obviously you got the Bandcamp Fridays, which supports a lot for the bands. And yeah, we, we were on Instagram a lot, and yeah, whatever you just you just type Abbas Kadabra in anywhere, and, and it's gonna be there. And we got all the links for everything that we do usually on abbaskadabra.com. Uh, so yeah, just go abbaskadabra.com, and we got links to to live music, to merch, to um, to the streaming platforms, and everything. Awesome. And of course, we'll have links to all that in the show notes. And uh, well, thank you for joining us this week. We, we appreciate it. And, uh, and listeners, thank you for hanging out with us for another week. And until next time, keep listening to Scott. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to On the Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ontheupbeatska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat.